When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is Taylor, your host, and today we're going to be digging a little bit more back into Bachelor World, but at the same time, we're going to still be talking about uncomfortable shit. We're going to talk about being black, Um, and today I'm joined by my dear friend, Jasmine Good. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. um, So we're going to cover a few different areas of stuff today. Um, And first, I want us to kind of start um, back to where people remember you, where people recognize you, how we met. Uh, We met in the Bachelor Mansion like four years ago. (laughs) Oh, has it been four years? Like, really? Is it really four? Yeah, it was 2016 that we filmed. Oh, yeah, that's why. 17 years. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, yeah. right? Mm. Yes. Um, and I'm curious to kind of start us talking about representation here because I know for myself, I never, it, it, it didn't seem like an actual reality that I would be casted for the show. Um, and I'm wondering if, if you kind of had similar thoughts and feelings around that during your own casting process. Yeah, 100%. You know, we talked about this representation is such a big deal, you know, with being on TV. And for me, I never really watched The Bachelor. It was kind of yeah. just fell into my plate. And I had my best friends tell me, you have to do it. This show's amazing. And I'm like wondering, why did I never watch this show? You know, so when mm-hmm. I did watch it, I was like, no wonder I never watched the show because there's not many yeah. people that look like me on it. And if there are, they didn't make it past like, you know, three episodes. So mm-hmm. I get why I never grew up on watching The Bachelor. So, you know, having that opportunity to do it, I, you know, thought about those things like, okay, well, you know, I should do this. You know, maybe they need more people, mm-hmm. more representation, more people that look like me, and it will give mm-hmm. other people opportunity to, to do those things in the future. So it definitely was yeah. uh, like a struggle deciding to do it because it was one of those things, you know, I have my family telling me, that's a white show, like, why are you going to do that? There's no black people on there. Like, you're not going to succeed or not like succeed, but they're yeah. like, you're not going to win or, you know, he's not mm-hmm. going to pick you. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to show you. Maybe I could, you know, but then mm-hmm. you get on the show and then we all know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that it's almost this sense of like responsibility to provide representation, like to take uh, that risk and put yourself out there in that space. But then it also feels like, in a way, you're kind of doomed from the start, like because yeah. there doesn't actually seem like there's a substantial or valid or even credible uh, opportunity or that it would even be realistic for you to be on the show for the same purpose that the other white contestants are because those are the ones that stick around, right? Those are the ones 100%. that, those are the people that actually get chosen, quote unquote, which I like, can we talk about just even it, that for a second? True. Like, it's so true. Like, I remember yeah. just being, you know, there in that moment, I kept thinking like, you know, 
I'm going to be that first black girl to make it this far. I'm going to be that first girl to get like, these are things we're thinking of. And that's crazy. But like, that's a lot that of pressure was in my head. It was so much pressure. I'm like, okay, I got to get the date card. I got to be one of the black girls in the se- this season to get a date card or, you know, to be the first black girl to get the first kiss. It was like these things you're thinking mm-hmm. of. And it's like insane that you have to think like that. But that was, those are, those are moments. Those are things that definitely yeah. went through my head from the moment I mm-hmm. walked into that mansion. And it's crazy that, you know, I'm sure other girls didn't have that, you know, those things in their head, like, oh, I want to make sure I'm the first to do this and that. It's like, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. race the whole time. The moment I stepped out of that limo, I'm thinking, I know I'm Black, mm. and I know how big a deal this is. And it was always mm-hmm. like trying to do the right thing. But then I'm, I know it's a TV show. So I'm like, at the end of the day, they're going to probably edit me to be whoever they want me to be. So yeah. I was like, what do I do? How do I act? Yeah, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I think it's important, you know, we talk about these things in terms of the Bachelor experience, but these thought processes are ones that are very present in other parts of your life, aside from just this reality, you know, TV show experience. Um, you know, you were a NFL uh, dancer. You were a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, which is like a huge, huge deal. Um, and I imagine some of the pressure mm-hmm. that we even talk about on the show was also present for you in that experience. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, when I go back to, like I said, me seeing you know, watching the show, not seeing representation on it. It was the same mm-hmm. way with cheering. You know, when I first wanted to audition for the New York Jets, I'm, I know I presented to my parents and they were like, oh, that's cool. But like, you sure that's something for you? Like, or something that, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. let me go research. I look at the girls on the team, they're all white. Mm-hmm. And then I see one black girl and I'm like, holy crap, if she can do it, I can do it too. So it's like, imagine if that one, like she's my friend now, Mandisa, if she wasn't on the mm-hmm. team at that time, I think I would have probably not have tried. I would have been like, nah, yeah. no, it's not for me, you know, but seeing her and like, she looks like me, she's like, I'm like, holy crap, like mm-hmm. I can do this. So that's why I'm like, yeah. this is huge that, you know, they have a new black bachelor right now. We have to keep going in that mm-hmm. direction because people are scared to audition and scared to go out there because they, you know, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. So like, I get it. I get it. Same yeah. thing. It's all, it's all connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember after our season, CN on Ari's season, they aired her making a comment of, you know, these fairy tale stories never, she never saw herself in them. So it was like really wild for her to be in that position. And I remember hearing that and being like, yeah, like we have not been represented as the women who are quote chosen, which even that Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't even want to be chosen. Like, I'm going to choose you and you choose me. Like, it's not just, I'm not just going to be sitting around waiting for you to choose me. Um, Exactly. I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And yeah, I want to talk a little bit about just like what this experience was like, you know, on our season. Granted, we had, we had, me, who was biracial. We had Jamie, who was biracial. We had Rachel. We had you. We had Dominique. Mm-hmm. We had another Jasmine who's another Jasmine. in Day Seattle. One. She went home night one. Um, so who nice. else am I forgetting? Is that the girl with the lemonade stand? I think so. Michelle. Michelle. Michelle yes. with the lemonade stand. That's seven. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. Yeah. And oh, sorry if I'm forgetting anybody. Yeah. Well, but, and and that's the thing though. It is easy to forget because there's a huge lack of airtime. Exactly. Um, how did you feel with the airtime that you did get on our season? 
Lord. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's so, (laughs) you know, um, being there is totally different from watching it, you know, because there's so, you know, when you're in the moment, you feel like you're acting the same way, like everyone else, you feel like Mm -hmm. the same things are happening. Like, you know, I've said some crazy things. I'm like, oh, but you know, this person has this crazy thing. So I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to be looked at as like, you know, this crazy, sassy, loud person. But of course, the narrative, I think sometimes what they paint for certain people ends up Mm -hmm. being, you know, not what you thought. So it was hard watching that, watching it back sometimes and seeing like how, you know, especially the black, you know, women and how we had a little Mm -hmm. bit of airtime or we did have airtime. It was like the conversation they shown were stuff that just, why didn't you show a whole conversation we had? Why didn't you show Mm -hmm. like Dominique's whole date or like, you know, Jamie's whole date? Like, why are you only showing little clips to the part that's going to make them look a little weird or to like the world, but you get all this airtime to, you know, the chosen ones. Every worker gets a whole like, you know, Mm -hmm. about their past. Like Christina, they got, they sat there and digged in about her past from Russia. And I'm like, okay, great. That's amazing story. But you know how many other stories that I've told Nick or that we've talked about deep things that they didn't show. And I'm like, hello, Mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, I can't have a sad story. I can't have like, you know, a story of struggle and showing that to America. Like, come on now. Like, that's what I was like, that's not cool. And that's like, I struggle with that. Like, that's so, you know, messed up that they're not really like digging in and showing the deep, you know, good stuff that we brought to the table. Like, I know Mm -hmm. Jamie had some deep conversations with Nick. I know Dominique did too. And I'm like, why didn't I see that? All we saw Mm -hmm. was just like awkwardness, silence, because what black and people with Nick won't, doesn't look good. Is that why? Like what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, even in, in talking about race and, and the show and reflecting on, on our season, there, for me, it really stuck out that there were two like polar opposites, right? Where I think it's pretty common in our culture where, uh, white people in power are in power and therefore they get to kind of pick and choose Mm -hmm. what areas of black culture or of black people they, um, uplift. Right. And I mean, Rachel was on our season who ended up being the first black bachelorette and, you know, that's a win, right? That's, that was increased airtime there. Uh, but then there was also, you know, I think I'm pretty sure this was on our season and not on paradise for you, but, uh, you know, where you were like choking Nick out. Oh, right. Yes, and it was yes. like, you're like the black girl. who's like, oh, yeah, let's, talk about that. let's <laughs> talk about that. Like that's an, and that right there is what I'm talking about. My point. It's like mm-hmm. me and Nick had a conversation of course, you know, and yeah, I look, looking back, I shouldn't have said I want to choke him, but it was like, we were having a conversation. If you saw the whole conversation, mm-hmm. never once was it like, so aggressive like that it was just us like giving back banter and like having that yeah. like relationship you would have a conversation with do your dating but mm-hmm. it's like they take that and make it look like okay let's this black girl you know let's yeah. make her look crazy and like you know do all this x y this editing but then say like Corinne or anybody else that was like wild and crazy it looks fun and like over yeah. the top and like put like good music behind it and it's like she's mm-hmm. just silly and she's just drunk yeah. having a good time but it's like what like like, hold up that's why I was so watching I was like hold up this is you know it clicked to me I'm like I get why there's no black people on this show because I see how you're trying to make us look and that's not okay Mm -hmm. like I don't care if you say it was a mistake no 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 you can't tell Mm -hmm. me my behavior was way top than hers or somebody else it's like ridiculous yeah yeah and you know 
to this point of like showing a, a spectrum of personality, right? The show certainly yeah. has to in some way, I mean, they don't have to, but it's easier for people to digest when we are one dimensional characters. And, yeah. um, there's a lack of fluidity of, of character of showing us as, mm-hmm. as full people. And, you know, certainly you're, you know, silly frustration with like, oh, I just want to like choke you. Like, you know, you're like being so annoying or whatever um, is something that certainly could be a part of your personality. That's like, you know, that's how you joke around. But then there's also all these other pieces too that, you know, that are then intentionally kind of left out. And, you know, even you brought up Corinne and, you know, my drama with her on the show is like, if I had been fully white, right, if I had looked like Raven or if I had looked like Hannah G or even if I had looked like Corinne, you know, would people have had a similar reaction to me than they did? I don't know. And I think it's, it's been interesting. I, I, I reflected on this during our season, especially after women's halal. And I don't, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Like, you and I, I feel, were friends on our season. I remember leaving for the two-on-one. You were like, bitch, send this girl home. And I was like, okay. I didn't really know you, but I think we got closer when it started going, like, the traveling, because mm-hmm. you were in the other room. I think you were in the other room. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, I think we definitely started getting that bond, and it was like, yeah, girl, do what you got to do. Like, mm-hmm. because we all know she's going to end up staying, like, yeah. it, you know, and, that. And, and I... I- yeah, and I think that part of what I've reflected on, and I'm curious to hear your like uh, opinion and perspective on this, was like, I think, I think that she very much represented white privilege in a way that was relatable uh, for a lot of the viewers, and that the show upheld literally her echoing statements of "Make America Great Again," which are rooted in white supremacy. Um, And that while a lot of people might have actually agreed with me that the show becomes a little bit of a popularity contest and that Mm. I ended up feeling quite alone and feeling like people were kind of sticking with what was popular, what was, what was safe, right? Like I felt like her whiteness allowed her to hold that space in a way that was funny, that people liked, that then made me kind of be the the bad guy. And I don't, I don't know if I'm making no, sense on this. No, I thought about that too. Like I think back at that moment in that time when like you two both were having like those issues. And for her, like you said, it was always relatable to, I guess, the viewers. Mm-hmm. It was always going to be a fun thing. It was always going to be her like, oh, she's just this stupid, dumb, ditzy blonde. When you're, you know, just very calm and you're, you speak, you know, mm-hmm. you're speaking facts and like good information. And people take that as, oh God, this girl's annoying because she's just like, you're just being mm. completely real and saying things come to heart. But when her, it was just I was like, okay, just say anything. Mm-hmm. And people will take that. Oh God, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, but does anybody really listen to Taylor? Cause I'm not gonna lie. Like I was the same way. I would just listen to your friend talking like, Craig girl is hilarious. Like what the hell? You know, like mm-hmm. I love her. I still to this, to this day, but it's like, I remember thinking like that girl is so crazy. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is going to be good TV. She's a nutcase. But then think about you and it's like, but are we here to really find relationships? And you were really here to do that. But mm-hmm. they're praising and giving this girl this opportunity to move so much further and like mm-hmm. it's become like the chosen one. And you were just kind of like getting the short end of the stick. And I, I, I definitely see that. And I like see it a lot now. Like before the time, I just thought it was her just being this funny, crazy character. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she's great. But then I'm yeah. like, 
you look at what Taylor's actually saying and what she's trying to do and like really get to build those relationships with people, like she's actually a good person, but people aren't seeing that. They're just seeing her as this girl who's trying to be like, let's be, you know, have a civil conversation, Corinne. And Corinne's like, no, bitch, I don't want to talk to you, you know? So it's like, but how does that look? Yeah. Her, you get what I'm saying? If you were probably white, like straight, if you looked like her, I don't think it would have been that way for you as well. I think it probably, you might've probably stayed 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And first, I love your like reenactment of this, uh, like on video, just you're, you're spot on here. Um, but it's, it's no, I, I, I totally hear you on that. And I think when we, when we kind of rewind to our initial conversation around representation, right, of what is represented on the show that like, that is what was represented as like, quote, what was right or what was beautiful or what was chosen or all of those things um, that I think made it feel really difficult for black and women of color to show up in a way that, you know, perhaps was a little less relatable. I mean, I went back and watched um, a few pieces of of Hannah Brown season and saw that they actually aired like Mike Johnson wearing a do-rag. And I was like, whoa, I was like, good for them. Like, wow. I was like, that's great. Um, that's a step right there. Um, but yeah, there's, I think so many layers to race within this show. And, you know, our friendship has definitely gotten closer post show and from being on paradise together. Um, and through all of this, we've started talking a little bit more about blackness. And um, like you said before recording, now we're both pretty tired to talk I'm, about I'm this. Exhausted. The one thing I want to say, like back on the show, is like how like being a black woman or anybody that isn't white that's speaking on that show, when it comes off a serious conversation or something, it's like, oh my God, hold up. She's being a little aggressive or anything. She's, she's aggressive. aggressive. She's and condescending. She thinks she's better. It's like, mm-hmm. because I don't know if it's people, they look, I mean, I'm sure people in this country look at Black people when they speak with, you know, passion or something behind mm-hmm. it, it comes off like, oh my God, she's being aggressive. Like me saying to Nick, like, I'm frustrated. I haven't had a one-on-one. Like, I just going to choke yeah. you right now. If I said yes. it, a white girl saying that, I bet you wouldn't even look that way. But it's just like, that's yeah. how people perceive Black people in America. And it's so... That's sad. And to me, filming, I didn't think, I wasn't in that mindset to think like that. I wasn't thinking like, yeah. oh my God, if I say this that way, because, you know, I've been around so many white people. I've been around like mm-hmm. so many situations where I don't, sometimes I don't have to think that way, but I forgot. Well, at a certain point, you're just being yourself. Yes. At a certain point, you're just in this, you're sucked into this bubble. And so you're like, oh my God, these, I'm like frustrated. Exactly. I shouldn't. I was like, oh, and then after all this, I was like, wait, I'm black. I know this is all going to be looked at like I'm this crazy psycho black girl. I'm like, mm-hmm. here we go. But it's like, in my mind, I thought Corinne could say crazy or anybody else would say some crazy stuff. And it was looked at as funny and cute. But anyway, yeah. sorry, back to your point. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, very, very valid. Very valid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know we've been having more conversations yeah. around around Blackness. And I'm going to read the text that you sent me that really made oh, yeah. me be like, yeah, there's like some stuff to this that I think yeah. would be beneficial to share. And part of what I related to as being biracial, um, sure. you shared, let me pull it up here. Oh, it's the you said, it's kind of, yeah, you said, I've never been so proud to be black. Like I used to suppress that being in, um, being in cheer and always wondering if I was too black. Nah, I'm black and I'm proud as fuck. Yeah. And I was like, 
It's like, yes. And I get so emotional when I think about it because, like, I used to be, like, this girl who, you know, I grew up in, like, a really diverse community. I, I've been on, like, always the token Black girl on a team. Yeah. And, you know, and that kind of sucks, too, because you're like, am I here because of my talent or am I here because I'm the token Black girl? It's always in your mind when you're auditioning yeah. as a Black woman. Um, mm-hmm. So when everything that's going on these last, you know, couple weeks, it hit me so hard because usually I never protest before in my life. I never was that very vocal. I kind of like, oh, yeah, like these problems have been happening forever. Like, what is yeah. my, what am I going to do? It's going to change. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I am so proud to be Black and I'm not going to like hide or like make my white friends feel uncomfortable for me saying that. And I was like, if mm-hmm. they're uncomfortable with me saying that, then you ain't about me. You're not my friend. You never, you know, never understood that I'm Black. So yeah. if that bothers people, then see ya. I don't care. But it's crazy how awakening I am. I'm like, whoa, I'm so woke right now. I'm like, I am so Black <laughs> and I love it. And it's beautiful. And like, I am mm-hmm. not scared. I mean, I never said I was like ashamed of being Black or anything, but I never was very vocal because I just felt mm-hmm. like I didn't ever want to make other people uncomfortable because I just care so much yeah. about people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hell no, let's be uncomfortable. Let's shake things up. Like we got to talk mm-hmm. about this, you know? So Yes. Yeah. And like for me, when you sent that and even hearing you talk about it now, it like kind of gives me goosebumps because I think from my own personal experience, I'm like, yeah, being biracial, I have felt like I've had to suppress my blackness because a lot of the negative messages I've received about myself have been specifically and exclusively because of my blackness Mm -hmm. to where it has felt like something that I've had to process shame around. And then hearing you share with me as a black woman that you did feel like you had to suppress your blackness, just really like put it all in perspective and like hit me even harder of like, yeah, I think it's not often that we do hear black women speak about this emotional process and struggle to actually embrace and be able to feel free to just be unapologetically black because there are so many spaces in which you are putting an emotional effort to make other white people feel more comfortable and thus suppressing your own personality, suppressing your own expressions. And that is such bullshit and makes me so frustrated that people feel like, 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 like we have to do that. And I'm so happy that like you feel like you're in a space now where you're like, I don't give yes. a fuck. This is me. <laughs> I've been doing it for so I think it's because I was doing it for so long because, you know, my cheer background. I mm-hmm. cheered in Texas. The, you know, being yeah. a cheer in Texas, it, being black cheer in Texas isn't very easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think I kind of like to suppress those things because it was like, you know, I was always like, one or two black girls at an event yeah. or anything that we're doing and I would never want to make somebody feel uncomfortable like for example mm-hmm. um, we would take pictures at an appearance and you know there's always that one or two fans clearly they don't want to take a picture with me and they mm-hmm. don't say they say oh okay I want a picture with her and I'm like well we're yeah. working we're working I'm getting paid to work here you're supposed to take pictures with both of us like mm-hmm. but Instead, we would just, you know, I was the only person that did this. A lot of other black chairs would do the same thing. We would just diffuse the situation and go, okay, I'll take the, I'll take the camera. I'll take the picture. Because it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to ever make somebody uncomfortable. But I say, you know what? I don't care anymore. Like, I really thought about that stuff. I'm like, I'm so black and I'm proud and I don't care. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Please. so yeah. much. Yeah, and you too. Um, I know you're like, I know in the show, in the show you're, it's kind of probably hard for you. But, mm-hmm. you know. That's so sweet of you to say. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's definitely a process. Um, You know, I don't think, 
you know, in my perspective, I imagine that people don't necessarily question your blackness, but that they they make statements or the spaces themselves that are created put you in a position to feel like you cannot express that. And for me, it's flat out questioned. It's flat out like, who are you? You know, you're also white. So therefore you don't get to participate in this conversation. Um, And this like transition and process of like, feeling empowered by my color and like embracing culture, um, I think is something that a lot of black people are, are going through the process of right now. Um, and I guess it just really had never hit me, uh, for black people because I was thinking of that as more of like a biracial experience of like working to, to be proud in your blackness, but um, it's a learning it like, process. It's an everyday mm-hmm. learning. Even I'm still learning, you know, it's because you, like I said, you just kind of like ignore things that have been happening to you over there. You just accept it. Like, you know, yeah. you accept that, oh, that, you know, your group, your white friend said something a little racist and you're just like, like, but you know, we have to stop that. We have to cut that cycle. And, you know, I think now I'm just done. Like <laughs> I'm just so done yeah. and trying to, you know, teach myself as well every day, learning something. So mm-hmm. not just white people that you learn to, you know? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, this whole revolution is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this piece of like, we are all learning, right. That like, I think, Right now, there's a huge emphasis on white women specifically learning all about race right now and and our system and and white supremacy and racism. Uh, But like I keep telling people, I'm like, well, you're learning, but like we're also having to learn because a lot of our history, we were never taught either. So we've had to then go and (laughs) learn that. Um, So yeah. Exactly. It's a lot. Like, you know, um, that's why I say I'm exhausted. It's more just, you know, every day it's, you know, which is amazing having my white friends come to me. Hey, what's the protest mm-hmm. today? What can I learn? What do? And I'm like, okay, maybe you can look some stuff up yourself too, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be here for you and help you. But I'm learning just as much yeah. as they are too. You know, like, like you said, history that we've learned is like one, we all know that's trash, most yep. of it. And so I'm learning like so much. I'm like, holy crap. I didn't even know this about myself. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's why I say like, I'm a, like, I'm woke now. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like being awakened to so many things. And I'm like, it's just, it's not just for white yeah. people, you know, it, we are too doing that yeah. as well. Is there anything specific that comes to mind that like you've been sitting with that has been difficult to, to learn or like come to terms with? Um, um, I guess, I know I'm thinking of like my friends, like, yeah. oh, I guess like honestly being one, just being open to see my circle like people that are around me and how they perceive me because for years I just assumed that they knew you Mm -hmm. know like I thought they just were kind of getting that okay Jasmine's this black woman she has these everyday struggles and I'm like learning so much just from them like wow they don't and Mm -hmm. it's like eye-opening like holy crap how did my best friends didn't even know this about me or well that that they were seeing you almost as like not as this yeah. black woman, but as Jasmine, who happens to be black and who maybe wow. is like the token in the friend group. And so it's like, yeah, she's totally cool because like she hangs out with all of us white people and has white friends mm-hmm. and did a black guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, still black. Like, you know, so I'm learning a lot with that too, like hearing from my friends, like having conversations with them and 
you know, it's uncomfortable, but they're listening, trying to listen and, you know, learning what, how they're perceiving everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of eye opening right there. Um, trying to think of other things that have like stuck out that I mean, just in everyday, like history too, like, you know, like black history. I mean, I'm learning, I had no idea, like the first like youngest kid who was like, uh, since the lecture chair was black, mm-hmm. little kid, like I had no idea about yeah. that stuff. Like there's just little, little things like that I'm learning about black history. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. crap, like, because, you know, you're not taught that when you're little. And then, you know, like I said, like I've, I'm not blaming being a cheerleader and being like that, but you kind of just like don't even like go into it. And it's so freaking sad. And that's why I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Done. Well, and, and this is the thing, like, when you talk about now being proud to be black, right? And And learning these things, I think it's like, I want to at least encourage you as a friend, but also knowing from my own personal experience, like to not beat yourself up about the fact that you didn't necessarily do it in the first place because the system and the culture is what encourages and almost like conditions you to lean on that whiteness and to not want to have to face any of that stuff from the past or learn about that history because a it's painful it's super super fucking painful and b there really aren't safe spaces to even go down that path to begin with like before today did you ever really have like significant conversations around race and what it meant for you to be a black woman with your white friends no, never. And that's, and that's what I would talk to my friends. We were like, we've never talked about this. Yeah. We've never talked about this. Little racial, uh, you know, racist things would happen mm-hmm. around us in the group. And no one would just like say anything about it. Just laugh a little bit here yeah. and there. I think it's a joke and like, it's not a big deal. And I'm just like, no. So we never had those conversations. We have mm-hmm. to, you know, it's just been. Yeah. yeah. It's for me yeah. personally, it's been like a bit, it's. It's been a a larger conversation just because as people get to know me, like there are parts of my life where, you know, like, okay, I'm with my white family and then I'm like with, you know, my chosen family who's black and, you know, yeah, my siblings who are black, but like we have different experiences and um, the last five years specifically into like doing that that racial work, um, personally, it it has become conversations, but, um, yeah, I'm wondering how how you've seen your friends show up in a way that's felt really supportive. Mm-hmm. I know that's something you and I have talked a lot about, about people showing up for us, people really disappointing us. Um, and maybe if you're yeah. open to sharing like a, a positive example of when you did feel really seen or had a good conversation. Yeah, um, you know, it definitely was hard in the beginning when, you know, I guess this whole movement just blew up these last couple mm-hmm. weeks. It's, you know it's really, I mean, it's crazy and nice. You see people that show up that you never expected to, that you didn't really know that they were like, you know, ride, like they were riding for you. And like, I have people messaging me who I thought, you know, I was like, oh, they would never reach out. And it's like, holy crap. Like some of the girls I dance with, you know, reaching out to me, I'm like, oh, wow. Like you really are concerned or interested Mm -hmm. and want to learn something. I'm like, that is like amazing to me. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I get disappointed when I have like some of my close friends who, I just, I don't think they want to understand, mm. you know, I don't think they really, really want to. And that's the problem. It's like, I can tell you certain things. I can spit facts or say, you yeah. know, how this is affecting me, like my brother and my family. And it's just like, oh, I didn't know that was hurting you. I didn't know that this was affecting you. And I'm like, I'm telling you that it is. Why can't you just sit and listen? Um, and so that's disappointing, but it's like, I can't force somebody to listen and understand what's happening. So I've been trying to like, just move my circle 
move myself out of certain things. Um, but there are some friends that are really showing up with like platforms. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about, I mean, Raven, she, you know, I know it's, it's so hard for certain people because I know like it's uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. Yeah. And it's not rocket science. Yep. At the end of the day, that's why I tell them, not rocket science. It's just you speaking about your experience. I'm your black friend. It could be anything. Yep. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on, but Jasmine is my best friend. She's black. And like, you know what? This isn't right. X, Y, and Z. Simple. Yeah. So if you can't do that, it shows me that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you talk like Raymond's one of my best friends. She, you know, said something. I was like, thank you. See, like it's little things like yeah. that just showing up. And I know you might not be the person that wants to protest or whatever, but there's so many different ways you can like show up. And I think people forget yeah. that. They're like, I don't want to protest. Like, you don't have yeah. to. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But be an ally, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. speak up, say something. When you're quiet, I'm sorry. It's not... Yeah. Not a hundred percent. And that's something you and I have talked a lot about too, of like, when you don't say anything, it makes it worse. And sometimes it's, it's better to just say, I don't know what to say, but I want to be here for you than it is to not say anything at all. Um, and I know for you, you know, part of how you have shared with your friends, um, has been to kind of put it really in perspective and get personal with it and be like, you know, I personally have to worry about like my brother, like this is like my family. Um, and -hmm. I'm wondering just kind of how, how those conversations like within family have been going for you. Yeah. Like with my personal family. Oh yeah. Like, you know, it's crazy because when, um, the whole George Floyd happened, you know, that it was like, I, call my brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, like, please, every day I call my brother. I'm like, Hey, be careful. You know, my brother has a loud car. He's very like, like see flashy. He's just fun. Like he's just a cool guy. And so I'm always like, please don't speed. Please don't do this. Draw attention to yourself. Like you're big, you're a black guy. Like it's scary. And he's always like jazz. Like I'm cool. He's like, it's not, he's like, it's not, you know, me. He's like, I know how to act. I know what to do when I get colder. It's them. Mm -hmm. I don't trust. He's like, it's the cops. He's like, I've been pulled out of a car and like thrown on the ground just so they can check his car. And then they, then they go, let him go. It's like, why? Why'd you pull them over Mm -hmm. for nothing? You know? And it's like, that's what's scary to me. And I'm like, thank God he knows how to act. But what if he gets that one cop that's like, doesn't know how to act. So like, it's every day it's a conversation with my brother, a text. And I never thought of it like that way. Like, oh my God, I'm texting my brother to be safe. It was just something I always did. Always. That that's just the norm. Always like, be safe. I love you. Like, please be safe. Oh, don't drive that fast. Please, you know, do this. Roll your window. You know, why am I saying these mm-hmm. things? And I said to my, like, my core group of friends that, you know, majority of them are white. And I said, do you guys talk to your brothers like this? Do you ever say to your brother, hey, Nick, um, make sure you please don't speed because you know how the cops are out there. They're going to do to you. And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, see, do you see, mm-hmm. like, so I have those conversations with my brothers daily all the freaking time, my cousins. Yeah. It's just like a norm. It's just normal. Yeah. My, um, so t- technically I was raised as an only child, but on my biological dad's side, I have about 11 brothers and sisters. And um, one of them that I'm probably the closest with is my brother, one of my brothers. Um, and he's 21. I think he's maybe about to be 22. Um and he, I'm the only one of all the siblings that's mixed. Everyone else is, is with a black mother. Um, and hit like becoming closer with him, I've now had those same thoughts that you're talking about with your brother where I'm yeah. like, you know, 
you do like got to really fucking be careful and like trying to talk him through schooling and trying to talk him through, you know, getting a job and like not having our biological dad as a great role model for him of like really, really trying to be a source of support for him. And it's like, I get that white people might watch, um, these videos and see this police brutality and be like, Oh, that's really sad. And like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to not get emotional right now, but it's, um, Oh, it's it's such, it's yeah. a thousand times different if when you literally can see that being someone in your family like and not just yes. not just imagining but knowing that that could no. legit be a reality that my my little brother yeah. my little brother for doing basically nothing wrong could literally mm-hmm. be gone gone like and that's why I get so much I'm like it literally could happen to him and he got his car fixed. Um, and it's like crazy loud. I was like, my, literally, I, the first thing I was like, what are you doing? I said, are you crazy? I was like, are you crazy? You're another reason for the cops to pull you over. Mm-hmm. And you know what's happening right now with George Floyd. Like, I literally, I just lost my mind. I, and my, but that shouldn't be my first reaction. My first reaction would be like, oh my God, I love your car. It's so mm-hmm. cute. Like, happy for you. But this, not your life is in danger. Yeah. But this goes to, again, like where the policing that happens uh on yes. black people is not just in the like the physical sense of the actual police but in how you have to feel like you have to suppress your blackness how you have to feel like you have to make yes. yourself smaller so that you aren't putting yourself at further risk which honestly is a whole other like conditioning where literally just yeah. showing up being yourself and expressing your blackness is a form of resistance Exactly. That's exactly what that is. And that's so sad. I even have to do like say that to them. And he has to like tone down who he mm-hmm. is because of what can happen. So that just goes back to me trying to have those conversations with friends and explain to them, like, do you see? And they're like, still not getting it. And I'm just like, okay, I got to cut yeah. that off. I can't. You can't get how there's a problem with this. Then I don't even know yeah. where to even begin with them. Yeah. And one question I usually always ask people on the pod is like how they take care of how they take care of themselves. Like, have you ever been to therapy? Um, and I'm wondering for you right now, I mean, I know, I think we both have kind of leaned on each other as a source of support through all of this, but, um, you know, and checking in, like, have you ate, like, are you getting sleep? Uh, (laughs) But I mean, uh, just kind of like share with people, you know, how are you finding space? What kind of space are you taking to take care of yourself during all of this? I do have a therapist I see. Um, so I saw her like once all this happened once. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely think mental health is such a big, you have to like take time for yourself because there was a moment where I thought I was getting sick and then I was just like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like nonstop. But honestly, just I would, for me, it's been like even just me going to my roof yeah. and just having a day by myself mm-hmm. um, and like some wine or a drink and just like yeah. not looking at my yeah. phone. And just reading a book or just honestly just laying there listening to music. Mm-hmm. Like music for me has always been a release and just like whatever. Like if I'm just listening to some good music and just being alone for a second, yeah. going on a walk by myself, like that has helped me so much. And talking to people too, mm-hmm. like I said, talk, talk to my therapist, talk to my mom a lot. Because I feel like some people you just kind of like can get so into it and just like go in your bed and just don't want to talk to anybody and get into a bad place. But you have to like, you know, not let that get mm-hmm. you there because that's when it just, you know. Yeah. Totally. No. And I think, I think it's 
it's always important, but now more than ever to be super intentional about where you share your emotional energy. And for me, like our conversations have been very energy filling as opposed to being like, oh my God, I'm just even more exhausted. Um, Like talking to people who understand it where I don't feel like I have to explain myself or the experience or the stress or like what you know, white privileges or what racism is. It's like, oh, this is, it's healing. <laughs> Surrounding yourself with people that like get mm-hmm. it is, has helped too. I think being around people who understand that want to make a difference has also helped as well. Cause I thought I was going crazy. I was like, am I going crazy? Why? Yeah. <laughs> All these things I want to talk about. And then it's nice to like talk to you and talk to people who actually like want to make a difference. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, most of I'm going to say majority of the listeners of the podcast are white women. Um, I know there are a lot of folks who are biracial who listen um, because they feel they can relate to my experience of being biracial. But um, I'm curious if there is anything that you do want to say to white listeners or anything that you want them to take away from, you know, you sharing all of this today. Um, I guess just be aware what's happening around you. Um, open your eyes, open your ears, and just be aware of what's happening. Um, under, try to really understand it. I think some people, you see all these things on Instagram and posts and whatever, and you read it, but really take a second and like think yeah. about it. You know, And I think people aren't doing that. They just kind of see it and they're like, oh, swipe, swipe. But we're putting it out there for mm-hmm. a reason. I, I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm posting this stuff for a reason. Taylor, you're posting these things yeah. for a reason. So really just take a second every day in life too and be an ally. If you see something that's happening, like at your family function, like, you know, somebody say something that's, you're like, okay, grandpa, you shouldn't say, say something about it because we have to stop that, you know, like mm-hmm. you have to like talk about it. So, if you you know, just be an ally and just, if you see things, be aware of what's happening, say something. Yeah. yeah. And no what about for uh, black listeners and, and people who are biracial and, and people of color? Um, anything that yeah. you want to say to them, let them yeah. know. <laughs> uh, I think just if you're, you know, black women, biracial, whatever, just, you know, don't be scared to be proud of your black side or be proud of being black because, you know, yeah. like I said, for me, it's been like a lot of putting that away, oppressing like certain issues, black issues, don't want to mm-hmm. like offend anybody. But you know what? It's okay. Be proud of who you are. Yeah. It's okay to be black. Like it's okay to like, you know, talk about these mm-hmm. things. Don't be scared. You know, this is the time to do it and just keep learning too. Just keep teaching yeah. yourself and learning so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think for for me, I've almost wanted to lean a little bit more towards just specifically talking to other black people of color women, um, where yeah. I'm just like, as much as I want to provide information and hope to provide helpful resources for white people, um, again, it's just, it's felt really healing emotionally to, mm-hmm. um, be able to connect more with that community and be like, yeah, it's okay yeah, to express nice. it. It's okay to be proud of it. It's okay to fully own that part that you don't have to suppress your blackness. Like we've got to stop, stop mm-hmm. doing that and stop making ourselves smaller yeah. to make other people feel uncomfortable. Cause that's complete exactly. bullshit. Exactly. Who cares? Make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Let's do it. Like, you're not like, not about, you know what I mean? But like, it's okay. So like, don't worry about them. Like if they're like, oh my gosh, she's so black. Okay, whatever. Yeah. You are. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Be proud of it. Like, yeah, I love it. No. And that makes me so happy for you too. Like, I just 
when you sent that text, you know, I've never been so proud to be black. You know, I always wondered if I was too black. I felt like I just suppressed my blackness. And now I'm like, nah, I don't give a fuck. I'm black and I'm yeah. fucking proud. And I was just like, yes, like we need to share this. It's true. I'm like, I walk up this door, I'm black. So I mean, I got embraces and like, I own it. I'm not like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to change. So yeah. Well, thank you for, you know, showing up here and hopefully it's felt like a safe space for us to have these conversations and um, I'm sure it will be helpful for people and in one way or another, um, where, where can people find you follow you're like, you're being much more vocal now about all of these things. Um, and that makes me really happy for you as well. But, um, yeah, yeah, where can people find you and and check out? Um, yeah, just Instagram, I guess. Um, Jasmine good with the E on the end underscore, um, same as Twitter, same handle across all my social medias, Facebook. I don't really use, but find me on there too. Um, if you're in LA, I was definitely posting a lot about, you know, different protests that are going around town, um, which has been helpful for certain people they've said. So I'm going to keep doing that. So definitely follow me if you're interested in getting out there and making your voice. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jazz. Of course. Thanks, Kay. I love you so much. This is fun. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.